you want to take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of Matthew chapter 9, I wanted to mention uh, some of the, there's been a lot of people wanting some new Bibles and wanting to get some that have the thumb index tabs and make it a little easier for you to find the Scriptures and things. And I found uh, one, some online from Amazon.com that you can get. And so uh, they're, they're only $30 a piece. They're nice Bibles, old Schofield Bibles. And if you'd like to get one of those, uh, if you just if you give me the money for it, uh, they're thirty dollars. I'll order them this week, and uh, we should hopefully have those uh, before you buy next week. But um, I, know, I know that you will really like those those old Schofield uh, Bibles. They've got a lot of great commentary and things in them that's really good. But uh, just uh, let me know if you would like if you'd like me to order one of those for you. But Matthew chapter nine, verse ten through thirteen. We'll go ahead and read that passage. It says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with Him and His disciples. Um, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto His disciples, Why eateth your Master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, He said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for this day, Lord. And I thank You so much for Your blessings. And Lord, I thank You for Your goodness to us that we just heard sung about, dear God. And Lord, I just pray that You'll help us to learn what You want us to know from this message. And God, I pray that it will speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray You will do a work. And I pray You'll bless each one for coming today. In Your name we pray. Amen. We just read a story here in Matthew about a bunch of religious people who did not think that Jesus should be around uh, the people that He was with because they were wicked people. They, uh, in these verses, Jesus so he makes a statement to them after they, rebu- they rebuked Him. And Jesus says, They that be whole need not a physician. And then He makes a statement here. He says, But go ye and learn what that meaneth. And He was trying to teach the Pharisees something that I think He wants all of us to know. What was it? that Jesus wanted them to learn. He said, they that be whole need not a physician. You know what Jesus wanted them to learn? Is that these were in fact sick people. These were sinful people. They were right. They were wicked people. They were absolutely right about that. But you know what Jesus wanted them to know? He wanted them to realize that they were too. That those people that He was with, they weren't the only sick people in that room, the very people that were looking down on their wickedness, they had a problem too. They had a sickness too. And Jesus wanted them to see that. Did you know that you can only help people who know they have a problem? That's one of the most difficult things about helping people these days is many people will not admit that they have a problem. Have you ever seen somebody maybe who suffered from anorexia? Everybody can see that they have a problem, but they don't think they do. They think they're fine and they can be just wasting away to nothing and just looking like a a walking skeleton and they don't see it. And and that's how the Pharisees were. They had a problem too. They, They had some problems too. In fact, we know they had some very big problems. But we see here that they didn't recognize it and Jesus was trying to teach them something because you can only help people that know they have a problem. He said, they that be whole need not a physician. People, you know, They've, you know, sometimes people get talking about vitamins and health things. And you know, when I'm sick, 
I'm pretty good about taking vitamins and eating healthy and stuff. But the problem is, is once I get to feeling good again, I forget all about it. And I don't take my vitamins. And I don't do all those things that I should be doing because I don't really see a need for it. And if I would keep doing it, I probably wouldn't get sick as much as I do. But you know, it's hard to work on something when you don't think that there's a problem. But boy, when you are sick and when it's getting to you and when you're feeling bad, then it's easy to work on it. And when you, when you act, when you truly know that you have a problem. And these Pharisees, they didn't think they had a problem. In Matthew chapter 3, if you turn back a few chapters into verse 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, this is talking about John the Baptist, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, there was a lot of these sinners and these wicked people that were there too. But boy, John the Baptist, he called those Pharisees out. They came to watch and they wanted to just see what was going on. And John the Baptist, he called them vipers. He said, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. He wanted them to repent of their ways. The Pharisees are thinking, we're good. We haven't done anything wrong. And he says, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Boy, John the Baptist, he was a fiery preacher. He wasn't scared of people. And he sure wasn't scared of these Pharisees. Boy, they were religious people. They wore all the fancy clothes and they were very respected and honored. John the Baptist, he wore fur or he wore he wore animal skins. I mean he was probably a crazy looking guy and he didn't wear the fancy clothes and boy he wasn't scared of these people at all though. He called them a generation of vipers. And they're thinking generation of vipers? We're the seed of Abraham. We are the Pharisees and we are the most important respected people in all of Israel. And John knew what they were thinking. And he said, don't think you're something special because you're the children of Abraham. Because if God wanted to, He could make these stones into children of Abraham. God can do whatever He wants. And so John the Baptist, boy, he called, he called them out. He called them vipers. But you know what? John the Baptist isn't the only person that called them vipers. You don't have to turn there, but in Matthew 12.34, Jesus called them vipers. In Matthew 23.33, Jesus again called them vipers. These were the religious people. Boy, they looked great. They acted great. They, I mean, if we saw them, we would be impressed at just the way they carried themselves and the way they looked. And these people too, they knew the Scriptures really good. But the truth is that that sickness that they had, it was a different kind of sickness than a lot of the other people had. But it was just as bad, if not worse. Their sickness, it was inward. They had a sickness on the inside of them that was bad. See, the truth is that all have sinned. All, everybody has sinned. Romans chapter 3, if you want to turn there, Romans chapter 3, verse 10. I want to read some verses to you. There's a long passage here that just, it talks about how, very clear how we're all sinners. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They all go out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit and poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the ways of peace have they not. 
not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, that saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Did you know that... I believe that passage there. When it says all have sinned, I mean it believes, or I believe it means all have sinned. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short. What is sin? Sin is a transgression of the law. If there is one commandment in this Bible, and there's a lot of men there, if there's one that you broke, you are a sinner. You are a transgressor of the law. You know the truth is that there is a lot of you today who broke, who probably broke the law coming to church. Is it? I mean, if you went, did you know that if you went one mile an hour over the speed limit, you broke the law? Okay. Now we don't feel too bad about that when we do that. You know, the truth is, there's probably not everybody came to a complete stop at the stop sign. Do you know that's against the law? Well, there's a lot of laws that we break a lot. We don't really think nothing of it because there's no immediate consequences for it. We think about it when a policeman's there or when a policeman's coming after us and giving us a ticket for it. But we don't really think much of it. And the truth is, there is so much sin in the world and because we're sinners and we sin all the time, we don't think it's a big deal. We don't think that it, we don't think that it really matters. But the truth is, we've all sinned. We've all broken the law of God. And all of us, we've got something that on the inside of us that needs to be fixed. We've got that we've got a sin problem that can only be cured by Jesus Christ. And Jesus wanted these people to learn. He wanted the Pharisees to learn that they were sick too. But also not just that, he wanted them to realize that their sickness that they had was inward. Their sickness it was inward. The Pharisees they they had the outside down. Well, you know that's you know it's easy to get the outside down. I mean, it's I can I can put on a suit. I mean, I can put on suits. I can comb my hair. I can do all that stuff, and I can I can look like I have it all together. But the truth is, it doesn't mean that I do. I was I just was uh, the pastor I know. He just took over a church in Missouri, and he was telling a story about a pastor who for eight years was having an affair with a lady in the church, a wife of one of his deacons. And this pastor on a Wednesday went over to that guy's house while that man was in bed sleeping and put a gun to his head and shot and killed that man and went to his church and started and went and preached to his people. I, now that I mean, that blew my mind when I heard that story. But the truth is, I guarantee you that pastor boy, he looked like it he had it all together on the outside. He probably had the suit and tie on and hair combed and was smiling and probably got up and even preached the truth. But the truth is, he had something serious going on on the inside. There was something seriously wrong that he was able able and capable of going and doing something like that. And these Pharisees, while they had it all down on the outside, while they looked great, 
while they talked great. Boy, these people could say fancy prayers. They could, I mean, they could quote scripture. They were eloquent. They were smart. They were intellectual people. The truth is, they had an inward sickness. They, they were lost. They were sinners. They had transgressed the law too. There were sins. Maybe they didn't do a lot of the outward sins. But you know, the Bible says that if we can commit, we can commit murder in our heart. If I look at somebody and I hate that person and I want to kill them, I'm guilty of murder in my heart. And that's serious stuff. And God, and these people had done those things. They hadn't killed anybody on the outside, but on the inside they had. They hated, they hated a lot of people. The Pharisees and Sadducees hated each other. They were always fighting with each other about stuff. But the truth is, God cares more about what's on the inside than what's on the outside. Matthew 9.13 in our text verse, it says, "...but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice." I looked that up because I was like, man, what's he talking about there? Well, I found out back in Hosea in the Old Testament long time before that, in Hosea chapter 6, Jesus, or God's talking to the children of Israel. And He's going and he's, he's rebuking them for all kinds of things. They had a lot of problems. They were doing a lot of the sacrifices and they were doing a lot of the good outward things. But He says in Hosea 6.6, 6, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus was quoting Hosea chapter 6, verse 6 to him. And the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God said, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you're doing all these burnt offerings and you're doing all this outside stuff. He said, but you know what? I wish you would get your in, the inside taken care of. I wish you'd get your hearts taken care of. Did you know that God He wants us to go to church? God wants you to, to do right. God wants you to read your Bible and pray and do all those things. God likes the good works, but you know what? He is a lot more interested in what's going on on the inside, what's going on inside your heart. And these Pharisees, while they were good at doing all the outward stuff, they could impress anybody. The truth is, they were not right with God on the inside. They loved themselves. They were depending on their righteousness instead of the righteousness of God. They did not think they were sinners. They were not about to admit that they were sick. And the truth is, the most dangerous sicknesses are the ones that are inside our body that we can't see. You know, if somebody came into the church this morning and they had poison ivy or chicken pox or something like that, we would all recognize that, wouldn't we? Oh man, chicken, you got chicken pox? Looks terrible. I remember, boy, when I was a kid, I got the chicken pox and I had them bad. I mean, I, I had them all over the place. I couldn't even hardly walk. My feet were so covered with them. I mean, it was a horrible experience. And boy, you could take one look at me and you knew what was wrong with me. I had the chicken pox. Uh, my daughter, she's very allergic. She's very allergic to poison ivy. If she gets around at all, boy, you know she she swells all up and have gets stuff all over. A, fr- a friend of mine growing up, when he would get poison ivy, boy, his eyes would swell shut. I mean, he looked like somebody just beat the snot out of him. I mean, it looked terrible. And you knew what his problem was. You could look at that. But the truth is, there may be some, there could be some people in here that right now you don't even know it. You could have you could have cancer. Inside of you. That's why those things are dangerous. We can't see them. A lot of times we don't know they're there. And they're on the inside and they're affecting us and they're, uh, they're, you know, they could eventually kill us. If we're not careful, if we don't get it taken care of. And they always tell you the best way to take care of that is that early detection. That's why they're always trying to get people to go and have themselves checked out and make sure that they're okay. Because the earlier you detect it, the better chance you have of getting rid of it. And it's dangerous because we can't see it. 
We don't know that it's there. And these Pharisees, they had something that was very dangerous going on the inside. They had the outside down. They looked great. But the truth, and people, they couldn't see it, but God, He was able, Jesus was able to see their hearts. Jesus could see the problem that they had. And boy, it's easy to get the outside looking right. Matthew chapter 23, verse 25 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Now blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. He looked at me and said, you clean the outside of the cup, but not the inside. And really, what's more important, if you are drinking out of a cup, you want the inside to be clean. Am I right? You want It's best if the inside and outside is clean, but if you're going to pick one, take care of the inside. The Pharisees had the outside taken care of, but not the inside. He said also, you're like unto a whited sepulcher. Like a tomb, you go, you know, if you go by a cemetery and you see those mausoleums, and some of them look pretty nice. I've always thought I'd like to be buried in a mausoleum. Those things are kind of cool. And they can look really pretty on the outside. But the truth is, what's on the inside of those things? Dead bodies. Okay, not, not real pleasant. Not a place that you would want to live. Not a place you want to be. It's full of dead men's bones. And that's what he said that they're alike. You look great on the outside, but on the inside you're full of iniquity and all uncleanness. They were, they were hypocrites. They were, they were putting on a show. It is, it is harder to get the inside right than the outside. The outside's easy. But Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart... It can deceive you. Your heart will tell you it's okay when you're not okay. Your heart will tell you there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. It can put you in denial. It can be deceitful. It can trick you. The heart, our hearts will do that to us. We don't like to, we don't like to admit it when we're sick. When I was a kid, I hated medicine. I, I just, I did not like medicine. I remember one time I was sick and I had a fever and I knew something was wrong. But I was like, you know what? If I tell my mom I'm sick, she's going to make me take medicine. And I didn't want to take the medicine. I remember I went and I had this corner in the house behind a chair where I'd always like to, you know, cover up with blankets and that was just kind of a place I would go. And I remember I was there laying there behind the chair and I was there pretty much the whole day and all of a sudden my mom, she noticed that I had just been over in that corner the entire day. And she came over and felt my head and I was burning up with a fever over there in the corner. And she made me take medicine. She, and she was like, why didn't you tell me you were sick? It's like, I didn't want to take any medicine. <laughs> but that's how I was. I didn't want to do it. I remember I, had, I was an adult this time. I, I, I finally learned. Anytime I even think I've got something, I'm looking for the medicine just want to get it over with. But I remember even when I was an adult, I, I, was, I had strep throat one time. And man, it was just driving me nuts. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to tough it out. I don't, want to, I don't want to go to the doctor and get medicine. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And so I just tried to tough it out. And man, I had that for like two weeks and it would not go away. It was terrible. And then finally I went to the doctor and they, they tested me for strep throat and it came back negative. 
And they didn't know, and so they gave me this medicine and it didn't work. And my, after another week, uh, it had been three straight weeks and my throat was just killing me. And I went back there again, and finally they were like, well, what we think happened is we think that, you know, I guess after you have it for so long, then those tests don't really work. And I had waited so long to get it tested, it kind of goofed it up. And so they went ahead and gave me the medicine for strep throat, and, the, and then I finally got rid of it. But I had that for almost four weeks. And it just, it was terrible. And I remember the next time I, I remember it was about a year later, I started feeling it coming on again. I felt it coming. I called my wife up and said, call the doctor. Schedule me an appointment. I'm going in. And I went in, I got the medicine, and I was fine in a day. And you know, but you know what? We go into denial. We don't want to deal with it. And, and it, it is hard to get that inside right, but the truth is, we need to get this inside cleaned up. That's what's important. I'm all for you cleaning up the outside. I'm all for you looking nice and doing all the outward things. I'm for those things. I'm for going to church. But let me tell you, doing good things right on the outside is not going to get you to heaven. It's not going to save your soul. The only way is you've got to get that inside taken care of. We've got to get that old dirty heart of ours cleaned up. And that can only be done through Jesus Christ and through His shed blood. Their sickness. Jesus wanted these Pharisees to realize that their sickness that they had, it needed a divine healing. They needed a divine healing. They needed to acknowledge their sin and they needed to ask God to heal them. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, and at the time of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. You know what? There, God has, he's, he's commanded us. We're in a time now where he wants us to repent of our sin, where he wants us to acknowledge Christ. God wants, God wants everybody to repent. He said there in that first passage that we read, he said, "Bring forth therefore fruits or meat for repentance." So in Matthew chapter three, bring fruits, meat for repentance. He said, "The whole need not a physician, but they that are sick." Jesus knew that they were in fact sick. These people didn't think they were. Jesus was trying to show them, "You are sick. You're sick just like the rest of these. You've sinned. Your sickness that you have, it's not on the outside." It's on the inside and it's serious and it needs a divine healing. The only way sin can be taken care of is through the blood of Christ. And that, and that comes when we repent of our sins and when we confess our sins. And go to Luke chapter 13. I want to read a passage to you there. I think, I think this passage is good. You know, people, they get offended when you talk about repentance. They don't like to hear about that. But the truth is, God has commanded it. God wants all of us to do it. It says in Luke chapter 13, verse 1, it says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He was talking about something evil that was going on. And the truth is, God wants the wicked to repent of their sins. But He said, do you think that because that they were sinners above all? But He said, I tell you nay, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. It doesn't matter how wicked it was. It doesn't matter. There is no sin that's greater than somebody else's where one needs to repent and one doesn't. 
He said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He goes on in verse 4, And those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. God wants even the ones that we would call the innocent to repent. You know, it said, I, a lot of people do this, and this is very dangerous. I don't, I'm very careful about this. Uh, but whenever something bad happens in the world, something catastrophic, something, some kind of accident, a lot of people will start making judgment that God was killing those people because of whatever. The truth is, in this story here, a tower had fallen down and killed a bunch of people. It's like, do you all think that they were sinners because that happened to them? And Jesus didn't say whether they were, whether that was divine punishment or whether it wasn't. He didn't say. But what He did say is that doesn't matter because except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And the truth is, you know, Pat Robertson, I know, I think it was him, he got in some trouble the one time because he talked about, uh, I think it was the earthquake, one of the earthquakes, that uh, that was because of people sinning because of a pact they had made with the devil years ago. And the truth is, we don't know if that's what it was. The truth is, we don't know if that was the judgment of God or if that was just one of the causes. I mean, just we live in a sin-cursed earth. There's earthquakes. Innocent people die. Innocent people get hurt. There were different preachers that were saying back in New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina came through that that was God bringing divine punishment on them. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But the truth is, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. The truth is we're all sinners. The truth is we all deserve an earthquake to take us down. We all deserve a hurricane to come and to take us out. And the truth is, except we repent, we shall all likewise perish. But God wants those that we would that we would call good to repent. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, that all our righteousness, it says a filthy rag. Compared to God, we're all dirty. Compared to God, we're all filthy. We're all sick. We're all sinners. We've got something seriously wrong going on inside of us. And unless we repent, Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We've all got, we all need uh, that cleansing from our sin. We all need that cleansing that comes from the blood of Christ. Jesus wanted these Pharisees to learn that. I think it is sad. There are so many people today, in our eyes, good people. Good people doing their best. People that I believe the best they know how they're trying to serve God. But they've never got to that point in their life where they realize that I am a sinner. I need Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. He's my only way to heaven. But they're depending on their own works and they're doing good things. Boy, they'll go on missions trips and they'll give money to the church and they'll, they read their Bibles and they do all these things and they're doing them trying to earn heaven. I've heard of people in some countries, they will even go and every every year on Good Friday, they will have themselves nailed to a cross. That's, that's nuts. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But you know what? I don't care how many times you crucify yourself. That's not going to save you. The only crucifixion that can save you was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He died on a cross and He paid that penalty so we wouldn't have to. And for us to get that, for us to get salvation, we have to receive the free gift. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy it. Salvation is a free gift. I don't know why people want to try to try to earn it, but the truth is, we can't. 
I mean, I guess it's noble that you try. It's good to want to try to make up for some of your sins and the things you did. I'm all for that. Trying to reconcile things with people. I'm all for that. But the truth is, when it comes down to it, that sin problem that we have, that sin that separates us from God, that sin that condemns us to a place called hell, the only way it can be fixed, it's through putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say that only people who haven't done certain sins. It didn't say for everybody can be saved except for murderers. Murderers, they don't get to get saved. It doesn't say that. We see in the Bible where murderers did get saved. It doesn't say all can be saved except for thieves or only... Uh, it doesn't say that. It says for whosoever. And we believe that whosoever means whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can get that divine healing today. The Pharisees, they had it all together on the outside. They did. And boy, I mean, I'm sure they were impressive. But they'd forgotten the most important part. They forgot about to take care of the inside. They didn't want to admit that they were sinners. They they were trusting in their own righteousness. And I'm here today to tell you that I'm glad it's not up to our righteousness to get to heaven. Because I've read enough of this Bible that I can see where I, if it was up to our righteousness, I wouldn't even come close. If it was just our good works outweighing our bad, I don't, I know I wouldn't make it. I know I wouldn't. You know, Paul talked about how even when I, even when I do good, evil is always present with me. There's sometimes I find myself doing things that are right, but I'm doing them for the wrong reason. Boy, and it's like I, you just that sin. It's just always there. Paul talked about. He said, "Who will deliver me from the body of this death?" And Saul hated, or Paul hated the fact that he was a sinner. He hated that he still had problems with those things. But that's part of life on this earth. And he looked forward to the day, and I'm looking forward to the day where I no longer have this sinful flesh anymore. There's going to come a day where we're going to be like Christ, and we won't have we won't have those sinful thoughts anymore. We won't have that part of us. It will be gone forever. But in the meantime, it's here. In the meantime, we just have to keep trusting God. When I tell people, sometimes people they get bent out of shape as Christians if we talk about. The fact that we know we're going to heaven. Well, how can anybody know? What makes you think you're so special that you know you're going to heaven? I know I'm nothing special. It's because of what the Word of God says. The Bible says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. He said, God, God told us how to get saved. He said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I did that. I've accepted that free gift. It's not because I'm special. He'd give it to you too. He'll give it to anybody. Jesus would have saved Hitler if he would have repented of his sins. He would have. There are no there is no sin that's so great that God can't save you. That price that he paid on the cross, I believe, was enough to pay for the sins of the entire world. I believe he did that. But unfortunately, many reject that gift of salvation, just like the Pharisees. They could have had it. They didn't want it. They wanted to go by their own righteousness. And I hope that you won't make that same mistake. So let's as we stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed.